So this morning as we were approaching the end of our coffee and tea, Cecilia said, you know, I think this milk is about to go bad. Then we checked on the jug and sure enough, we were drinking milk that was a week and a half old. So I got the rest of the jug and chucked it. And then I went and got the other remaining half gallon from that session and poured that down the sink. See, the thing that happened was I typically buy five half gallons when I go to the farm. And for who knows what reasons, we'd gotten a little behind in our consumption, which it's not like something that we have to consume, but we hadn't drunk as much from the week previously, which meant that this time around had been sitting around for longer before we got to it, which meant that now the stuff we were getting now, you see what I'm saying, we're slightly miscalibrated. And so milk was getting a little further and a little further long before we got to it. So in two days, I'm going back to the farm. I'm going to get the same amount, but when I get home, I'm going to ditch the remaining jugs. In fact, I'll ditch them before and bring the bottles for deposit back. And let that be just a bit of a loss. Milk that we wasted. And it's such a good reminder that some stuff in life doesn't keep. And you shouldn't try to keep it. Some could look at that situation and, and immediately sort of their juices would start flowing of all the ways that you could hack it to get the milk to last longer, stay fresh longer. Oh, you do this, you do that. And really the question is, we should have let it go. If we had let it go, we have plenty of milk. We should have let the old stuff go and let the abundance of what we have now just be what it is. And I didn't for whatever reason, that's my bad. Um, but there's all sorts of things in life that we should let go. And we don't for reasons that still baffle me. A big part of cleaning out clutter in your life is recognizing the stuff you should let go and recognizing that you should let it go. Which isn't so easy because there are deep-seated reasons for why you shouldn't let it go. Right? Oh, it could be useful. I can envision a situation in which this thing might be the very thing that I need. Or I, I've been holding on to it for so long that it seems weird to let it go now. Right? I have objects in my life I've been holding on to for 15, 20 years. I'm never going to use them again. Why am I still holding on to them? Well, in the best instances, it's because there's a story there, but there's plenty of objects that I'm not holding, that have no story, that I'm still holding on to. And what you come to realize is that the sour milk in your life, the milk that's gone bad, is taking up all the room in your fridge. And it's 
giving you justification to not go get more milk because you've got plenty, see? But just like how that isn't how it works with milk, you've got to keep a fresh supply on hand. That isn't how it is with most things in life. Life is a, a good life is about the flow of energy through your life, about new things showing up, old things leaving. Hopefully you can find ways to pass things on, but if you can't pass things on, history is full of billions, literally billions or trillions of objects that have been destroyed. Not because they were useless, right? That knife from the Middle Ages could still be useful today, but because, well, perhaps because it was lost, perhaps because at some point somebody realized that their life was actually enriched by getting rid of something as opposed to holding on to it, which is strange to hear those words coming out of my mouth because in so many ways I believe that our lives are enriched by cherishing the things that have a history. But, holding on to something that is old merely because it is old and not because it has a, a meaningful feeling to you is not the same thing. And I think it's a very short distance from appreciating something that is old and then developing a relationship with it to starting to fetishize that which is old. Right? What is people who collect antiques but people who are fetishizing that which is old? And they can often say, well, it's better made or feels a certain way. And they're right a lot of the times. The things that have survived often are better made than the things that didn't survive. That's why they survived. And they do feel a certain way, but the feeling, you know, our house, when we bought it, the woman who owned it was really into antiques. It was full top to bottom with antiques, three layers of paintings on the, all these walls, antique paintings, but none of it, as far as I could tell, was tied to her own life hardly at all, except that she had bought it at an antique store at some point, which is not nothing, but it's a shadow of the connection you have to something that is truly an heirloom. And I don't think heirloom is a quality that something has. Heirloom is not Something is not heirloom quality. Something becomes an heirloom because it sticks around. And it can be the shittiest little thing, but if it's something that is meaningful to you and you find beautiful because of the memories that it carries for you, well, that's meaningful. You know, my parents <laughs> have had the same furniture my entire life. They haven't changed a damn thing. And a lot of their furniture was... Uh, you know, I grew up with bookshelves that were tacked together from boards and two-by-fours scrounged from dumpsters that were all mismatched and, you know, not even, not finished at all, just nailed together like you would if you were in college, because that's literally when it happened. 
And I grew up with that. Someday I'll inherit them. And many of them I'll probably keep. Because they carry that memory for me. And I won't keep everything, right? But I will keep uh, some, and probably the things that I will keep will actually be the most exaggerated versions of them. I won't keep the things that are quote-unquote good furniture. I'll keep the bookshelf that was in my childhood bedroom that's literally just roughs on two-by-fours and roughs on boards with no finish on it whatsoever. But there are lots of things in life that we should that we should let go. And lots of things in life where... Oh, interesting. There's like a swamp gas smell here. I wonder if something's happening under the ice at the marsh that I'm right at. Interesting. Huh. I think part of what we fail to recognize when we... Yeah, what is that? Oh, I bet it's that muddy rut and wood in the... In the road there. Interesting. So for me, the milk is just the tip of the iceberg, right? It's the it's all the leftovers in the fridge that don't get eaten and then sit around because then it's become a burden to yeah, it's a whole other project to have to muck out the fridge. It's the old pair of shoes that you never got rid of when you bought the new pair of shoes because Hey, there's sometimes when you need an old pair of shoes and, you know, you should remember to put on that old pair of shoes the next time you're going to paint something. Or maybe you do, maybe you don't. It's the, you know, the old t-shirts that you weren't going to wear anymore, but you're saving up to, for some project. All this stuff that we should move through our lives. We recognize in biological systems that a buildup of this kind of cruft is not good, right? It's plaque building up on teeth. It's, it's whatever it is that builds up in your arteries that gives you a heart attack, right? It's like our bodies function in a very finely calibrated balance of clearing out the old and constituting the new from fresh building blocks. And to the extent that that churn gets bogged down and starts to accrete instead of be excreted, that directly affects the health of the organism. How could it be any different in the rest of our life? And so I think about that and I will make sure that when I am going on my milk run in two days that I will empty out the remaining milk jugs and let that churn happen. And I won't look back. On the board. Thank you for listening. Talk to you.